The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. Preparing for climate change gives you advantages. In any situation where you feel depressed and helpless, taking action is one of the few reliable antidotes. Preparing for something that's unknown and frightening gives you a sense that you have some control over the situation. Take some of the steps I'm recommending and you will sleep better at night. Welcome back to the next Big Idea Daily. Well, friends, I hope you're managing to stay cool this summer. I don't know where you're located, but if you're on planet Earth, you may have noticed that things have been getting a little weird lately. Forest fires, superstorms, mega droughts, and record-breaking hurricanes, all of these apparently largely the result of the industrial release of carbon and other greenhouse gases. Solving this problem would seem to be the job of governments, multinational corporations, and other powerful entities, but that doesn't mean there aren't things we individuals can do. My guest today is David Pogue, longtime tech reporter for The New York Times, and he's written a book called How to Prepare for Climate Change, A Practical Guide to Surviving the Chaos. And it's not like most of what you may have read on the topic, because David assumes that the impacts of climate change are more or less inevitable. And while each of us can and should take small steps to reduce our carbon footprint, we should probably also start preparing for the worst. Here's David to share some of his big ideas. Hey, I'm David Pogue. I'm a correspondent for CBS Sunday Morning, the host of 20 specials on Nova, the PBS science show, and I was the weekly New York Times tech columnist for 13 years. My new book is How to Prepare for Climate Change, and as far as I know, there's nothing out there like it. Preparing for climate change gives you two advantages. The first one is obvious. You'll be better protected financially and physically when weather disaster strikes. And yes, it could happen to you. These days, about 25 million Americans a year get hit by extreme weather events. But there's a mental payoff, too. In any situation where you feel depressed and helpless, taking action is one of the few reliable antidotes. Preparing for something that's unknown and frightening gives you a sense that you have some control over the situation. You feel better immediately. Take some of the steps I'm recommending and you will sleep better at night. Fix your insurance. This may come as a shock to you. Your homeowner's insurance does not cover flood damage. And flooding is a big deal in the climate crisis era. Half of all Americans live in coastal counties but only 18% of them have flood insurance. Flood insurance is a separate purchase provided in the United States almost exclusively by FEMA's National Flood Insurance Program. Now, you might be like, oh, I don't live on the coast, so I'm okay. Mm, not so fast. Believe it or not, in the decade ending 2017, eight of the top 10 most flooded states were inland. Arkansas, Arkansas took the lead with 17 federal flood disasters. You probably bought your insurance a long time ago and went for whatever was cheapest. But the times are changing. You probably need different coverage. Preparing for climate change is mostly free or cheap. Fortunately, most of the ways you can make yourself more resilient don't cost much. 
For example, install the Red Cross app called Emergency Alerts. Do it today. It's free. It gives you early warning about hurricanes, heat waves, wildfires, and dozens of other emergency events. Because the most heartbreaking disaster death of all is where people die because they didn't get word that they needed to evacuate. Another example, make a go bag. A go bag, also known as a bug out bag, is a backpack, an overnight bag, or a small duffel bag packed with basic supplies to see you through a couple days away from home. So non-perishable food, like peanut butter, salmon packets, meal replacement bars, a change of clothes and Ziploc bags, basic toiletries, baby wipes, first aid kit, water purification tablets, spare glasses or contacts if you use them, cash, and pictures of your spouse and kids for those have-you-seen-me situations. Build one of these bags for each family member and then keep them in a closet by the door. Then, if you ever have to evacuate in a hurry, you can grab the bags and split, saving you precious time. I made mine with my youngest son as like a Saturday project. It was fun. It was like a scavenger hunt. And here's one other free thing. During disasters like 9-11, the California wildfires, and the Gulf Coast hurricanes, we always read that cell phone service went out. Your phone signal comes from cell towers. When the power's out or the towers come down, you can't call, text, or reach the internet. Hurricane Sandy killed a quarter of all the towers in 10 states. And in 2017, Hurricane Harvey knocked out 70% of all cell towers around Houston. So, next time you're hanging out with your family, have a conversation about where you would meet if you couldn't communicate because the cell towers are down. Like, we'll meet at the mailbox on the corner or that craggy tree across the street. You also need a place in town that's not on your street to meet up if your street has been barricaded by the authorities. Like the library or the Walmart or someone else's house. Agree in advance who will pick up which kids from school. Then, once you've figured out the logistics, print them out. Put a copy on the fridge, in your go bags, in the car's glove compartment, and in the notes app on your phone. Share that note with everyone else in the family. Go over the plan with your kids and review it once a year. The family plan's not going to do anyone any good if everybody forgets that it exists. Finally, find your hope. There's a running debate among climate scientists about how much scariness the public should have to endure. The fear is that if they really let you have it, if they tell you just how screwed we're going to be if we don't decarbonize humanity, then you'll just throw up your hands and give up. Don't give up. The last chapter of my book is called Where to Find Hope. And it turns out there's a lot of it. So many governments, corporations, institutions, and individuals are working to fix climate chaos. For example, every car company on Earth has announced a switch to making electric cars, including incredibly General Motors, which everybody used to say is in bed with the petroleum industry. Solar panel installations are growing 50% a year, and the price of solar has crashed 90% since 2010. Last year, for the first time in history, we got more power from renewable energy than we did from coal. Speaking of which, since 2010, 632 American coal plants have shut down, and no new ones are planned. By some estimates, coal in the U.S. will be all gone by 2030. Already, there are 11 carbon removal plants up and running, 
These are giant industrial-looking plants that actually suck carbon dioxide back out of the air to be used in products like building materials or fertilizer or to be stored underground. Also, there are at least two new kinds of nuclear plants incapable of melting down or blowing up under development. Finally, remember, we have fixed giant environmental problems before. Leaded gas, the hole in the ozone layer, acid rain. We can do it, and I believe we will do it, although it'll take something like 80 years to fully decarbonize. In the meantime, you know what you should do? You should prepare. Well, I'm glad David brought it around to an optimistic finish there. I was starting to get worried. But as David points out, preparing ourselves for the worst doesn't mean we can't still work for the best. Come back tomorrow when we'll hear from psychology professor Dacher Keltner about the experience of awe. That sense of reverential appreciation is available to us at any time, of course. But something about summer gives us additional opportunities to experience the wonders all around us. He'll be sharing the big ideas from his book, Awe, The New Science of Everyday Wonder and How It Can Transform Your Life. You can find that and all the other book summaries from this week in our Next Big Idea app, as read by the authors themselves. It's a useful source of ideas and inspiration in any season. I'm Michael Kovnett. See you tomorrow.